0: Welcome back to another episode of Talking Titles. This week, Jay hosts and asks a bunch of important questions and poses a bunch of important topics, such as the NFL playoffs, the NBA, the state of officiating in the NBA, and a really cool segment where we pick our top five favorite baseball movies of all time and rank them. As always, at the end, we have Jay's picks, and Garbage and Gold. Thanks for listening this week, and we hope to see you next week.
1: All right, welcome back to another episode of Talking Titles. This is the third episode of our uh, new podcast we have. Um, I'm obviously co-hosted here with uh, my uh, good friend Noah. How are you doing today?
0: Dude, I'm doing great. How are you, buddy?
1: (sighs) Ah, man. I feel great after that Sunday or uh, what's well, uh, Saturday or Sunday, whatever. Uh, but uh, that uh, Philadelphia Eagles game, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, but no, I'm doing good, doing good.
0: Good day to be a Philly fan.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sixers on a six-game win streak. We'll get, in, we'll get into all that good stuff. <laughs> all right, but yes, sir. We we can't we can't start this conversation before we start the uh, before we talk about this past weekend's games. So. Right. What was your favorite game of the weekend? If you just want to, I know it isn't the one, I know what you're not going to say, but
0: man, um, honestly, uh, I'm just going to start off by saying um, there's there's really only been two games in this whole postseason that I've thought were good games. Right. Um, Okay. And and this this whole postseason has been really a letdown. and from my perspective, and, I, and not because not my team lost this past weekend. I was expecting them to lose, and I said they would lose over and over again. We won a game, so that's great. But, but the lack of quality with these games, both on the playing end and the officiating end, have driven me up the wall. I don't think the NFL was at a quality it has been in years past, and it's bothered me. So I just wanted to press, like, uh, set a set a um, a a precursor to my um my picks as far as uh, uh, how how I how I viewed the games this weekend because I I didn't really um appreciate them all that much as as I'm sure some fan bases did because their teams won but as oh, a casual, <laughs> as a casual observer and a fan of the game. They just weren't good games. I mean, you look at the Giants-Eagles, 38-7. I don't think anyone doubted that the Eagles would win. But for the Giants to just not show up at all is kind of ridiculous. Um, That was kind of saddening to me that they didn't even really get on the board. Um, um, The other other thing, you look at the Bengals and the Bills – uh, Josh Allen was nowhere to be seen, and when he was, the refs were doing all they could to keep the Bengals in the game and ahead of the game. Uh, the final score there was 27-10. Uh, my favorite game of the weekend was a game that was tied 9-9 nine to nine through four <laughs> quarters. Cowboys yeah. Cowboys, Niners was amazing, except for the fact that no one could freaking play offense. It was nine to nine in the fourth quarter. Final score nineteen twelve, and the Cowboys still had a chance to tie it at the end of the game. I just think that the state of these playoffs is in disarray. And uh, the, my favorite game was a game in which defense prevailed, and the Niners win nineteen twelve, which is saying a lot because you got to see the Bengals score twenty seven and the Eagles score thirty eight. Sorry for the long winded start off, but that was. Oh, matters. you're good. You're good well I'll just I'll say
1: my uh my favorite game can can you guess what my favorite game was?
0: uh oh uh, it was, was it was it the Bengals game Jay
1: i I, I predicted that though but, um, <laughs> obviously it's the eagles. I had the eagles like winning and I even said they would might they probably win by ten plus by the end of the game, but for them to like absolutely like for the Giants to like no show and the Eagles just shut them down it was it was pretty wild yeah um and for all the people that were doubting Jalen hurts and he was still injured, I think that guy looked pretty damn good. He um, did? Defense was great. And, and what, what did I say last week again? Let me just toot my own one again. Toot, toot. James Bradbury gets a pick. Thank you again. So that was, be the last time I say you because the Giants are down this year, but thank you for him again.
0: You're um, welcome. <laughs> if, he but, scores, I mean, if he scores a touchdown in the Super Bowl, I want another thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not getting ahead of myself here because I – I think I said it on our first podcast. I did not want to play the team that we got to play. Yeah. Um, but obviously the Eagles game is my favorite. I think we just looked great all around. Defense looked great. They were flying around. Offense looked great. The run game was going. I thought, I thought, I thought Saquon would get off a little bit, but I swear, like, that, it, it was bad. Like, I really thought it was going to than on that. Um, but we, we can break down that game in a second. Let's break down the first game of the weekend, and it was Jaguars-Chiefs which it again to, to to my little horn it was uh it was close game and it was actually probably my outside of my bias my favorite game of the week
0: sure i didn't even mention that game i completely forgot about that game uh mostly because i don't care about either team right
1: i got gotcha. you
0: i'm i'm so and th- this is another thing i like Okay, Eagles-Giants, great game. bills Bengals for the sake of the last couple years, great game. Cowboys-49ers, historically great game. Uh, Jaguars-Chiefs, I do not care. Jaguars, I don't care that you're in the playoffs. If you're a Jaguars fan, I'm sorry. Congrats to you, but I don't care. The Chiefs, you've – the Chiefs, I'm trying to think of a comparison, and the only thing I can think of is, like, the – the Chiefs, to me, obviously they're better skill wise because they've made more Super Bowls. But the Chiefs, to me, are what the Bengals were with Andy Dalton. You expect them to be in the playoffs every year, so you really don't care that they're there, and you don't care to watch their games because you end up gonna be you're, you're gonna end up being bored.
1: Uh, I mean, I actually thought I actually thought you'd like this matchup because I felt like the Giants and Jaguars were like identical. They both weren't supposed to be playoff teams. You know, they were both underdogs. They both won a game that nobody thought they'd
0: win. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. And I do, I give all the props to the Jaguars. I just, I just, I'm just not excited. But I, I, I'm i honestly, and the, and the fact is, I, I've never been a Daniel Jones guy. I was impressed that he played as well as he did against the Vikings. But every time I watch him, I'm just like, eh, I wish we had somebody else. And I don't like Trevor Lawrence. Every time I watch him, I'm like, you throw four picks, and then you throw four TDs, and I don't know what to do with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually kind of do like Trevor. Um, I think he's a really good leader. But that game was a fun game, in my opinion. Um... And if you took my bet, Cha Ching, you got it plus <laughs> eight and a half. That that held up. Um, we could briefly go over the Eagles and Giants. I kind of went and said my piece. I don't know if you want to. Yeah,
0: that. I I will just before. say I will just briefly say that I am I am very saddened with the effort the Giants put forth. Um, I knew that the Eagles were going to win. I figured that they would they would win by a decent margin. Um, but I thought I thought maybe you were looking at more of like a, a, a score of 38 21 um, not so much 38 uh, seven and, and if you if you didn't see the game the seven points kind of happen in the waning moments of the game uh, so there's there's it wasn't it was it was it was pretty one-sided it was very bad off the bat uh, the Giants just looked horn swaggled and completely inadequate to do anything which um, I think is on coaching. You know, Brian Dable has done a fantastic job. Uh, he's one of my finalists. I don't think he should win, but he's one of my finalists for Coach of the Year. Um, I think he's done a fantastic job with the team he's had and the injuries he's dealt with, um, and, and just making this Giants team relevant again. And they haven't been relevant since 2016. Um, and it, it's great to see. But you know, you play the same team. You know, three times in a season you get swept and that's just ridiculous. And, and not only to get swept, but to each game you look at the I, I, I don't know the 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 point totals of each game, but each game was a blowout. And if you add up the point totals of each game, you're looking at just if you if you played if you played each game in one game total, you're looking at like over a hundred something points to less than a hundred something points which is just d- ridiculous you you can't you can't go up against the same team and expect to use the same things you used last game when you lost. To win a game. And I just I don't think there was any preparation for the Eagles. I don't think there was anything done differently. They threw the same defensive looks that they've thrown all year at the Eagles and have failed. And it was just frustrating to me that on a coaching level, you can't prepare your team any better. Do I think they still would have lost even if they did? Yes. But do I think they would have had a better chance if they did something different? Also, yes. Uh, It was just frustrating to me from a coaching perspective. I can't really be mad at Daniel Jones because I think he was set up to fail. I don't think there was any structure for that game. They don't have a wide receiving core he can throw to. Um, He he is one of the best running backs on the team, and he's the quarterback. It is ridiculous, um, ridiculous what happened there. I am frustrated, but I was expecting it at the same time. So it's a weird position to be in. Right, right right
1: um yeah I mean I basically said my piece but I'm, I'm I'm just really happy uh Jalen hurts came out and proved to everybody that they can shut their mouths first <laughs> about oh he's coming back off that injury he hasn't looked right even before injury yet yeah, shut shut up look what he just did and and I'm not even trying to discredit the Giants because good for I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you like I've always said um but their defense hasn't been just they aren't like nobody's I, like I said, I really liked their, uh, defensive line. Yep. And I mean, Lane Johnson just took Thibodeau to the, to the cleaners. He couldn't get anywhere. And I felt like Leonard Williams, could, like the offensive line just played so good. Uh, Kelsey, of course, always plays great. Um, and you know, I mean, the, yeah. after the first play, I was like, they threw the Devonte Smith on that like 50 yarder. I was like, Oh yeah, now we're cooking. This is going to be a good game. But, um, Okay, so now we can go to the Sunday games. Bengals-Bills, I think a lot of people were disappointed on this game because they wanted that real close game, and, and the Bengals ended up just really giving putting it down.
0: Yeah. um, It was really depressing to watch. I, obviously, I was pulling for the Bills just because my grandpa's a Bills fan, and I just I love watching the Bills, and their fan base is so fun. But, like, the Bengals just looked good, and – Joe Sheisty, Joe, my looked... no boy Joe Shiesty. Joe Sheisty, he looked so good, um, even in that warm up. I don't know if you saw the viral video where he does this whole "I'm throwing it deep" and then spinning around with the no look. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, what a clean pass! But I from that from that point, I knew the game was going to be a Bengals win. But like the 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 thing with this game is is the Bills, uh, the Bills were are are conditioned. They are historically conditioned to play in snow and play in cold. And for some reason, the Bills looked like they were more affected by the weather than the Bengals. And I don't think that that's good. Clearly it wasn't because they lost, but like that just, they had so much struggles in the cold and the snow that the Bengals just didn't have. Um, Josh Allen did not look good. I don't know if, um, uh, it is entirely possible Brian Dable was just the man with the magic to get him going. Um, and maybe he'll go back to being what he was when they first drafted him. I certainly hope not because he's got a great arm and he can make great throws. But this year, the Bills just, they they looked, when they looked good, they looked great. But when they didn't, they looked really bad. And Josh Allen was the reason his turnovers have really cost them um uh, the obvious, I mean, right now they're costing them Super Bowls. Uh, it's one thing if you're costing your team a playoff berth. It's an entirely another thing when you can cost yourself a a Super Bowl appearance. Um, because I think the winner of that game goes to the Super Bowl. I don't think the Chiefs are strong enough to beat either of those teams on a win streak. And, and so, yeah, it was just I was disappointed to see what happened. I wish that game was a lot closer.
1: Yeah, I mean, we went from seeing last year – a shootout game, him and uh, him and Mahomes to like him just turned into a turnover machine this year. I mean, right. I actually read a stat today. I think he had as many turnovers, if not more, that Dak Prescott this year. So yep. that's saying something. If uh, if you're a Bills fan, um, obviously they had to go through adversity with the with the the Mar Hamlin thing. Um, still cares out that guy. Um, but I felt like this was just right for the Bengals because the Bengals, I think, were going to win this game and they still ha- win the original game, I should say. And then they caught, like, it just, the game didn't happen. And that gave the Bills the home field advantage for this playoff game. So it was like, the- I think the Bengals came into this game wanting this bad. Sure. And I think it proved, it proved, the, it proved to be the Joe Scheiste, Joe Burrow, my freaking guy. Um, uh, they, had, they had the better running back. Uh, Joe Mixon against whoever the hell runs for the uh Bills. It's Singletary. It's Josh Allen. Singletary,
0: yeah.
1: Hines, but when it's snowing, I think any knowledgeable NFL fan knows that you got to have a good run game for a snow game, right? Yeah. Passing the ball is gonna—you're still gonna be able to probably get some passes, but you're primarily gonna want to run the ball. And uh, and Joe Mixon and that 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 destroyed offensive line actually played very well. So yeah. That uh, was, and that's
0: and that's another thing. That's another thing I'd add. I think in the Bills, the Bills off season, they really need to look at their run game and their offensive line. Their offensive line is not bad, um, but I just don't think Singletary is the running back that is gonna be your primary guy. I think Singletary is a good running back, but I think he's a secondary guy that can get you carries when your primary guy is on the bench. I think they look they need to look to either draft a running back or try to trade for one because they really need a run game. Because, you know, you've got great options. I mean you got Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs to throw to, but if those guys are in double coverage, you really need to get Get the ball moving on the ground, and it can't be Josh Allen every play because the dude is getting beat to hell, and I gotta think that some of the reason that he throws these these turnovers is because he's so out of the groove because he has to use his legs,
1: yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I mean, I don't think I mean a lot of people are discrediting Josh Allen now he's not as not one of the top quarterbacks because of this season and how they finished it. He's still a top tier quarterback. Um, I think he's going to get it right. I think you're right. They need a running back. Singletary is not an every down back.
0: No, um, no. He's and, and I liken it. I liken it to the situation now with the Cowboys, which could be a transition point to the next game. But Ezekiel Elliott is not an every down back anymore. Tony uh, t- uh, Tony Pollard is.
1: Yeah. So then, getting into that game. Um. I'll, I'll let you kick it off, but I just want to say losing P- Pollard through the first or second quarter was big.
0: Big. It was huge. It was really sad for them. Um, I, I just want to start out by saying, uh, as a as a guy who doesn't like the Cowboys, doesn't usually root for them. A uh, uh, really funny stat line: Brock Purdy now has just as many playoff wins as uh, Tony Romo and Dak Prescott combined.
1: That that is absolutely it's, awful. I think they both like got wins three in divisional rounds.
0: Yep, it's terrible. Uh, they've both only won one playoff game apiece. Um, and Brock Purdy has two playoff wins. So, uh, shout out Brock Purdy. Um, but that being said, uh, and I've I've said this all year, when the Niners look great, everyone is like, oh, they're going to the Super Bowl. They're amazing. But when the Niners don't look great, they still manage to win games and that's the key the key to getting to the super bowl to winning games to having a good season is winning games even when you're playing bad and the niners seem to find a way to do it now i think the officiating out of all four games of the weekend i think the officiating in the cowboys niners game was the worst of all four games and i do think that the cowboys got the the rough end of the stick as it were uh with the officiating in that game um, there were several calls that I was even as a Cowboys uh, hater, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Um, and I, I just think the state of officiating in the NFL needs to get better, especially in the playoffs. It's ridiculous that you should have so many calls that are like, eh, I don't know about that. Um that are legitimate calls. Like, I'm watching a lot of these games as an outsider. I don't have a dog in the race. I'm not actively rooting against or for anyone. And when you're can, when you objective and you see a call and you're like, I don't know about that, then you know you've got a problem.
1: Breaking news. LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo have been named the all-star captains.
0: Oh, well, that's a shocker to no one.
1: But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about this because – I'm going to talk more about the Niners in our upcoming uh, thing here. Yeah. But I do agree with you. I think that the Niners don't look like world beaters sometimes. No. Um, like they, they could be. Because, I mean, if you look at their their playmakers, they are scary on paper. Yeah. So, I mean, you would think they'd be world beaters, but the Cowboys really put them in into a – it almost felt like they put them in like a box for a bit. I mean, it was 9-9 for Christ's sake going into the fourth. Um. And Trayvon, uh, Trayvon Diggs, dropped a pick. He could on that on that drop they went to score that touchdown to go up. After it was nine nine, yeah, Diggs, Diggs dropped the pick, which could have changed the whole outlook on that game. So that game was really a coin flip.
0: Diggs dropped the pick, and it was one point. Which if you add one point, they're still losing nineteen thirteen. But Brett Maher once again missed an extra point. And those kinds of things are just demoralizing to a team. If you can't make what is a simple operation in your game, uh, your team's just like, oh, we have to work even harder now. So I'm not saying the game is on Brett Maher, because even if he hit that point, they still lose 19-13. to However, those kinds of things are what we call momentum busters. They really destroy the momentum and the team head game because if you score a touchdown and your guy misses an extra point the thought is not oh good we still got six it's damn we didn't get seven
1: exactly exactly no i totally agree I mean, but weirdly he was he made uh field goals this game so
0: oh yeah no 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 and i'm not saying i'm not saying he was missing all game like the past game but he still missed and that's just that's not good
1: yeah, I mean, I think if if he does have a future in the NFL, he saved it with at least making some field goals this week. Um, but let's get to the conference championship. Let's get to the big boy games where, yeah. the, where the big dogs are at. Let's we'll um, do it. The 49ers-Eagles lead off uh, our Sunday uh, play, and I think that game has bloodbath written all over it. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to go in here with the Eagles here real quick. Do it. Um, I, I said on the first podcast, I – This was the team I did not want to play. Now, with that being said, this is me also thinking in the back of my head. I haven't seen my team play really good football for six Mm weeks-ish, I want to say. So, and I haven't seen a good Jalen Hurts game since before the Chicago Bears game. So, I was was really worried about playing a defense like this. Um, Not to discredit the Giants, but, I mean, we steamrolled them. But the 49ers are not the Giants.
0: No, um, correct. This
1: is going to be a, a scary game for, um, for us Eagles fans. Um, I, think, I think we can get the job done. But I, I, you know what? I really see this game almost going like uh, the Cowboys and Niners previously, where the defenses play up the par, and it'll be a close game going into the fourth, and somebody's, gonna, somebody's either going to make a mistake or somebody's going to have to take the advantage of something going down the stretch. But um uh a big matchup I want to point out in that is gonna be Lane Johnson versus Nikki Bosa. That is going to be a very, very, very fun matchup. Hopefully Lane Johnson is more healthy. Um I think just the Eagles can win this game because their their secondary is not that good. Yeah. So if the offensive line can stop their defense. I think I think we can get the ball down the field in certain situations. So I'm not going to predict this game because I've already told you I'm not predicting my team's games. Um, <laughs> I, I won't bet on them. I won't predict them. I'm not giving it juju, and I'm not giving it uh, uh whatever, whatever. I'm I'm not I'm not giving any sure. uh I guess here. But I, it's going to be a bloodbath. I, that's what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, no. For me, I, I really do think I think it'll very much so emulate the uh, Cowboys Niners game. I think uh, both offenses are too overpowered, um, to to do anything crazy, and I think both defenses are too good, uh, to let those offenses do anything. And I think, um, you know, I I do think that the offenses of both teams are good enough. Um, that you're not going to look at a 9-9 score going into the fourth quarter. However, I think, you know, like a 17-17 or a 14-14 going into the fourth quarter is not unheard of. I think that's a possibility. Um The Eagles looked really good last week, but again, they played the Giants. The Giants, a team that shouldn't have even beat the Vikings and did. Um, I think the Vikings, though they got blown out by the Eagles in the regular season, would have posed a better challenge to the Eagles last week just because they know what to do in the playoffs because they've been there. The Giants don't know that pressure. They don't know what that's like because they haven't been there since 2016 and none of the players on the current roster were even there. So it's just like uh, inexperience against experience. Experience wins. And I don't think the Eagles have, have played um, a, a high-caliper team uh since like I don't know probably halfway through the season um they've they've any losses that they took were freak um and and every game they played although played well I don't think they they didn't play teams that were built like the Niners the Niners are just absolutely built right now but the same thing goes for the Niners I mean the Niners did not have the cream of the crop season that they probably would have had if their team looked like it does now at the beginning of the season. They didn't have Christian McCaffrey the entire season. They didn't have Brock Purdy at QB the entire season. Um, There are lots of things. They were injured the entire season, and now they are healthy in most of their spots. Um, And the same goes for the Eagles. Uh, what's, What's that guy on the offensive line that just got healthy? Um, Uh,
1: Lane Johnson.
0: Yeah, Lane Johnson. Huge. That is a huge thing for them to get back. Um, I'm not an Eagles aficionado, so I apologize for not getting the name. But but these two teams are essentially the same team. Uh, just on different sides of the country. I mean, you've got, you had injuries out the wazoo and still found ways to win games and win your division. You have really good young quarterbacks who are kind of unproven, even though Jalen Hurts has been in the league a lot longer than Brock Purdy. Um, and I just I just think like you said, the game is gonna be an absolute dogfight. And I really can't predict who wins because I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if either team won. What I would be shocked with is if either team won via blowout, because there's yeah, no way that any either of these teams is blowing the other one out. I could see I could see the defenses randomly going to shit and each team scoring 40 points, but it's still gonna be a close game. So I really don't know. I I, I tend to give the Forty ers the edge just because they've been to the big games more recently than the Eagles. But you know, I I really don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be a bloodbath. I I you know, I'm obviously pulling for the Eagles, but you know. Yeah. It should it, it should be a great game, and I totally agree with the. I, I would be very surprised if it was a blowout going either way. Yeah. Um, all right. And then we go, we go to the six thirty game, uh, at chiefs. I think this game is going to be absolutely freaking fantastic. And I'll, I, you can start off here and I'll finish.
0: Uh, for me, <laughs> this game all depends on the health and the ankle strength of the one, the only Patty Mahomes. Um, he had a high ankle sprain last game, uh, still came in, still won the game. Um, uh, But, you know, a high ankle sprain during the regular season is a couple-week recovery. Um, It's usually a a week-to-week look. You're doing training. You're doing this, that, and the other. But this is the playoffs, and this is Patty Mahomes, and this is the Chiefs, and he's going to go out there, and he's going to do his thing. Um, But I do worry that uh, that he overextends himself, and even if he wins this game, uh, it's not a – good look because i think if he makes if if he makes it to the super bowl he's going to be even worse off than he is now but it all again it all depends on the strength of that ankle if the high ankle sprain is a light sprain then it doesn't matter and he's probably going to be fine but if it's if it's a really big sprain and last week he just went out there on adrenaline and played the game the way he's supposed to play then that's that's worrisome to me so i really don't know how the chiefs will match up with the Bengals, being that he is kind of injured. Um, But if he's fine, this game is going to be an absolute fun game to watch. And I really don't know who wins this game, Uh, but I will give the edge to the Bengals in that. I don't know the leg strength of one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league.
1: Yeah. um, I'm going Bengals this game. I think, I think Joe Burrow and the Bengals have the chiefs number. I think they're three no so far in all their uh, contests. Um, I, I really, really like the Bengals in this one. I think the weapons of the Bengals are just far superior. Yeah, they have a Travis Kelsey, but what? Juju Smith-Schuster, Tony, the guy that – I bet they're saying thank you to the Giants too. Um,
0: <laughs> Kadarius Tony, yeah. Yeah.
1: um, uh, Mar- Valdez-Scantling from the Packers last year. Like, do they even come even close to, like – uh, T. Higgins, uh, Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Mixon.
0: No, Whatever. no.
1: So the, play ma- the playmakers are uh, – go to the Bengals, and I don't know. I just think uh, Joe Burrow has their number. Uh, but let's say, though, that offensive line has to, has to play like they did last week. Yeah. They're filled with a bunch of nobodies and backups on that offensive line. And if, if they perform like I think everybody thought they were, um, then they, they will lose this game, and, and Jones on the Chiefs defense will cause a havoc. Um,
0: I mean, you've you, you seen it last year, right? Last year, they played the Titans. They, the Titans, they beat them, but they had eight sacks. Eight sacks, their offensive line didn't get any better. So it's really, really important that they play up to par.
1: Yep, yep, I know, I totally agree. Excuse me, and you made a great point about uh, Patrick Mahomes and his ankle uh, being healthy. It's really going to depend on uh, that. uh, what the health is of that. And it was interesting to hear what uh, Tony Romo said last week. Saying that he's had a high ankle sprains before, and like it's fine that day because you can get through that game with adrenaline, but the next week it, you like you can't walk. Right. Like the uh, days after he it, he's walking on crutches. It felt like so. Uh, it if if this game stays close, it's on the it's on the health of Patrick Mahomes. But I got the Bengals edging them out by. We'll get to that in my picks. Fair. Um. So, yeah, do you, you have anything else to say about the preview this week?
0: No, no. I think I wrapped it up.
1: All right. Well, since we're getting to the end of the year, we might as well talk about the NFL yearly awards. Um, We don't need to really get into depth too much of this, but I'm going to name the mm-hmm. finalists off to some of these things, and you can just give me your, sure. your uh, favorite to win it. Uh, Where are we at here? Okay. So, MVP – the finalists are Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Jefferson.
0: Man. Um you can read them again. You said Jalen Hurts,
1: Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Jefferson.
0: You know, I'm I'm gonna go Justin Jefferson, and I'll tell you why. I Jalen Hurts has the guys to throw to. He's got the 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 people to to achieve great success with and I'm not saying he's he's overrated I, I think he's perfectly rated I don't think he's the best quarterback ever and I don't think he's trash um Patrick Mahomes uh he doesn't really have the weapons I mean he's got Kelsey that's ridiculous that man is a machine I think he's better than Gronk um he's insane um but but he's also in the a league where you've got uh, the chargers who were good, but not great. They kept falling short in big games. Um, And then you had the Raiders and the Broncos who were trash. So Patrick Mahomes didn't really need to be that great uh, for them to get where they are. I think if he was just okay, even if he played bad, they probably still would have won their division. However, however, you look at justin jefferson that man is a machine and he is elevating a quarterback like kirk cousins who is let's be honest he is a middle of the road qb he's never gonna win a super bowl he's not gonna be that guy he wears the drip when they win big games but when they lose to the team like the giants in the postseason he's nowhere to be found And I think Justin Jefferson is that guy who can elevate his quarterback to the next level and make them feel like they're a Super Bowl team. So I go Justin Jefferson.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could easily be home here and say Jalen Hurts. I think the MVP award though should be the most valuable player, not the best stats. So we've seen what the Eagles looked like without Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah, sure. Um, now I think we could say the same thing for the Chiefs if the Chiefs didn't have Patrick Mahomes. Um, I would love to see Justin Jefferson. I'd love to see a position player win the MVP, but it's not. It, it's a it's a quarterback uh, award. So Justin Jefferson, as much as I'd like to see somebody else win, I think he's off the list in my opinion. Sure. Um, so then it goes to Hurts uh, and Mahomes, and I'm going to leave my all my buys out of this, and I think Patrick Mahomes comes home with the with the with the hardware because. He has the stats that that prove it. Um, Hurts missed what three four games. He did. Um,
0: and that really hurts. That really hurts in an MVP's chase,
1: right? And like I hate that because I like I just said, you you think it would like show the voters that how how valuable they are to that team because we weren't right. anything without uh wow. Jalen Hurts. But it's gonna be Patrick Mahomes in my opinion. Um, offensive player of the year. I mean. The only difference is Tyreek Hill, so I guess you're Jefferson
0: there. Uh, sorry, say again.
1: Uh, the next award is Offensive Player of the Year, and it's Mahomes Hurts, Tyreek Hill, and Justin Jefferson, I was going to say.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I say I say Jeff- Jefferson again, because, I mean, he's got the stats to prove that for sure. And, and like you said, uh, awards, and, and it's not even MVP. I think all awards are based on games played. If – if Hertz played the full season, you think you'd give it to him. Tyreek Hill again had a great season, but was really kind of like I don't know. He just kind of had the same season. He didn't elevate himself from years prior. So I go Jefferson.
1: Yeah, in this, um, I'll keep mine quick. I agree. That's just Je- Justin Jefferson, I think offensive player of the year is not always a quarterback award. So I think they'll probably try to give it out to a position player here. Uh this the next one is defensive player of the year. Um the finalists are Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, and Chris Jones.
0: Oh man, that is tough. That is tough. Oh man, I, I you know you can't when the with the with these awards with any awards when it comes to the NBA, the MLB, the NFL, it's all about the regular season. So if you look at the regular season. I think you got to say Micah Parsons. As much as I hate that guy, that dude is a machine. He is a problem. He is a sack wizard. He is money. He causes so much havoc. And it's a shame he's on the Cowboys. Um, that's all i got to say. I think it's Micah Parsons.
1: Yeah, um, I could use bias here and say Micah Parsons would be my pick because I am a fan of his because he, uh, he's a Penn State alumni. Um, but he's also a cowboy. So, yep. Um, <laughs> I'm going with Nicky Bosa here. I think he has okay. a few more sacks than Parsons uh, did by the end of the year. I think Parsons kind of fell off by the end of the year as well. Not fell off, but like he was his trajectory he was going just straight diagonal, and then it kind of like it flatlined and it kind of. I, I just feel like he didn't end the season off like uh, Nicky Bosa did. So sure. my only pick for that would be Nikki Bosa. But I think those two should be the only two finalists. I don't think Chris Jones should even be in the category.
0: No, but ta- – I'm not discrediting hats, him. He's a hats, great
1: player. Hats off to him to get
0: his name up there, though.
1: Yeah, he's a great player. It's it's actually really weird to not see Aaron Donald's name there.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, Next one is Offensive Rookie of the Year. We got Brock Purdy, <sighs> Kenneth Walker the III, the running back for the Seahawks, and Jets
0: wide receiver Garrett Wilson. You know what? Um, I, I'm going to say Garrett Wilson. Uh, and that's uh, homie. Homie played consistently well through how many quarterbacks did the Jets run? They ran what? Three? three four. He, yeah, three, four. And he's still putting up numbers. You yeah, look at first 1,000 yard
1: season for them in like 10 years.
0: Right. And you look at Brock Purdy, he played what? Three games before the playoffs?
1: Uh, like four or five, three, no, but, st- but
0: still, did he play the majority of the season? Yeah, no, 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 no. And you look at what you said, Kenneth. Yeah. Kenneth Walker, the third Kenneth Walker. Okay. You did good, but you know, your team is expertly coached. You have a, you had a great quarterback for this season, at least like you, you guys played well, but I, I really, you got to give the nod to the, the jets. Because he's going through three three different quarterbacks and he's still having success. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll make
1: mine my, my uh my vote very quick. Uh it is Garrett Wilson. You had to play with Zach Wilson who couldn't hit a check down. Joe Flacco, who hasn't been relevant for ten years. Uh Mike White, who was like a seventh round picker or whatever, and barely right. played ever. Right. And then the other, I think it was Chris Streveler or some. They found him, I guess, like at Walmart before they played him. Um, so I, I definitely think it's <laughs> Um Brock Purdy, it's a cool story, but I think I totally agree that he shouldn't be on this list. He only played five games in the regular season. I get right. he was immaculate.
0: If you, if you And I will go a step farther to say that if you give Brock Purdy the award for this, and you don't give Jalen Hurts the award for either of the f- prior categories, you're smoking crack.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, you're preaching to sure the
0: choir to me, and I'm not an Eagles fan, but I will. You got to keep it even if you if your reasoning for Jalen Hurts not being MVP is that he didn't play enough games, but you're going to give the rookie to Brock Purdy, you're out of your mind,
1: right. Okay, and now we're going to the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah. We have Aiden Hutchinson, Sauce Gardner, and Tariq Woolen.
0: Uh, Reminders on which teams they play for for audience members.
1: Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end of the Lions. Sauce Gardner, cornerback of the Jets. Tariq Woolen, cornerback for the Seahawks.
0: Man. I... I I I I go Sauce Gardner just because that's the name I hear more than the other two. I just I hear you hear Sauce Gardner, it's a cool name. And not, I'm not <laughs> picking I'm not picking it because it's a cool name, but I'm picking it because that's the name I hear. I hear Sauce Gardner over all of those. But at the same time, all three of those teams were in the same boat this year. You were like, wow. Those teams are playing well. Wow, those teams have a playoff chance. Yeah. Like, it really, honestly, I would be more than happy if any of those dudes won it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, why are we agreeing so much? It's like never happens. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the, the, the Jets rookie are uh, taking uh, home both the Rookie of the Year Awards. I think Sauce Gardner. He didn't have the greatest numbers, but he, he is league round. Being talked about as the best cornerback in the league as a rookie. So I think that in itself is just there. You have the award. There you
0: right.
1: go. Um, comeback player of the year. We have uh, Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith, uh, 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey, and running back of the New York City Giants, Saquon Barkley.
0: Man. Um. As tough as it is to not pick Saquon Barkley, it's got to be Geno Smith. The honest truth is, before injury, Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey were that dude. Christian McCaffrey, year after year, is a fantasy bucket, a walking bucket. And that's if he's healthy. But he's proven year after year that if he's not healthy and he comes back healthy, he's still that dude. There's never been a season where Christian McCaffrey's been injured, came back, and not been the same dude. He's always been the same dude. I don't know if it's his worth ethic, if it's his trainers. It doesn't matter. If Chris, if Christian gets injured, he comes back the same dude. Saquon Barkley, he has proven, if he gets injured, he comes back the same dude. Now, Geno Smith, that's a whole different argument. He wasn't injured. He's played backup for everybody in the league. He's gone from team to team to team and lands in Seattle where everyone thinks they are going to be a draft pick in the highest degree gets, gets uh, part of the team that just traded their franchise quarterback away and everyone thought that Broncos would be hot shit with Russell Wilson and they didn't do anything. I, I really got to give it to Geno Smith. Geno Smith balled his heart out this year. Do I think they were a Super Bowl winner? No. But did they did they perform a heck of a lot better than anyone gave them credit for? Yeah. And that's on Geno Smith.
1: Um, I, I'd like to agree with you on this, but comeback player of the year to me personally means someone coming off of a very bad year or an injury-plagued year or or something like that. Geno Smith has never That's been injured, it. and he kind of just rode the bench. So, like, I don't know. I, I tend to agree that Geno Smith will probably win this award, but I would give it to Saquon Barkley because the past few years, the guy couldn't stay on the field for more than a few games. And this well, year, really, well
0: I, I would just like to you know let the record state, are you you're giving the award to a Giant?
1: Penn State alum. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely going, I think it's, I, it's probably going to be Gino. Like my heart, or my, my I know it's probably going to be Gino, but I personally think it should be Saquon Barkley. Um, and like I said, and I just be just because I think come back player of the year, not I've been on the bench and haven't played for years <laughs> because I haven't been good. Um, fair. but all right. So last one, we'll, we'll uh, get out of here with, uh, is coach of the year <laughs> finalists. They Ooh. were trimmed down today, and they've been trimmed down to Fort ers coach Kyle Han- uh, Shanahan, Giants coach Brian Dayball, and Jaguars coach Dougie Peterson.
0: Man, um, I'm I'm gonna present it in a one, two, three order. I think Doug Peterson takes the cake. I think Brian Dayball is a really close second, and I think Shanahan is three. Uh, Shanahan has put together a really great season, but Shanahan has always put together great seasons. As long as he's been the head of the 49ers organization, as far as coaching goes, they've made it to the Super Bowl, what, maybe twice? They've made it to the playoffs almost every year he's been there, save maybe two. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but they, it, the, he's produced success in various amounts. Um, and and I really think that to put him on that list is kind of sad in a sense because I I, I really would have put um I really would have uh, put uh, a Dan on there the Lions man the Lions had the season. Uh, yeah, man, Dan Campbell. The Like, I understand they didn't make the playoffs, and maybe if they made the playoffs, they would have put Dan Campbell on there. But it, it's not impressive to me to put a team uh, – to put a coach, rather, on the list uh, when you know that team should make the playoffs. It's just not. But the Giants and the Jaguars, both of those teams had no business being in the playoffs, but they had great seasons. The Giants, I think, are a better team overall than the Jaguars, which is why I give um Dougie Fresh so much credit. Doug Peterson, man, he took his team from the last year being one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the league, to, to being a fight in hell to get through the playoffs and even play even get a win like he i mean i know you don't look at the playoffs when it goes to coaching as far as the awards go but like man if there's if there's ever an example of a a coach who should win the award it's dougie fresh doug peterson did a great job with that organization he found a way to make his players better and i know this because i had one of his players you look at evan ingram evan ingram was a notable the waste of money on the Giants. He goes to the Jaguars, and they find a way to make him worth the money, make him a great player, get him the great shots he needs to be good. And I think that's on coaching. And, and Brian Dable, that's my guy. We got to the soup. We got to the the playoffs for the first time since 2016. And I think Brian Dable has nowhere to go but up. I'm really excited to see what he does with the organization. Uh, but also, he I don't think. I don't think the, – the Giants have always been okay. They've never been great. So I don't think he elevated the team as much as uh, Doug Peterson elevated the Jags.
1: Yeah, I mean, I tend to think that this award probably is a coin flip between Dayball and Peterson uh, because both of them teams really had no business being in the playoffs this year. Uh, yeah. So with that being said, I – um. I'd probably give the nod to Doug Peterson, but I mean it really could be either. Uh I mean Kyle Shanahan has is, is known at this point for making quarterbacks great in his system, whether or not they're seventh round picks in the last pick in the whole draft, or if it's Jimmy G or if it's Matt Ryan, he made him look really good for a year.
0: And I, mm. I just wanna say that I'm I'm tired of the NFL giving like well not awards but giving nominations even uh to people that are doing what they're supposed to do like Kyle Shanahan like Brock Purdy Brock Purdy is great we've seen it we've seen it but who knows next year maybe Brock Purdy comes back next year and he's absolutely garbage are you gonna say that Brock Purdy was that guy. Like, I don't know. Maybe I I just feel like Kyle Shanahan is supposed to do what he does. So giving him like a nomination even for doing what he does is just kind of sad. That's why I think Dan Campbell should have been in there. Yeah, and he would have if they made the playoffs. Um, Which is sad. I don't think. I don't think success should be based on the playoffs. I mean, I get. I get that it is, but like, I, I think there's more to it than that. Dan Campbell took an organization that has been in shambles for years and made it a fun team that everyone roots for. Yeah,
1: I, I think the the Jets' coach Bob Sala, Rob, uh, Robert Sala, would have been up there if they had made the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, let's go to the new hirings of the day. We can quickly go over. Uh, Frank Reich being hired by the Carolina Panthers.
0: I guess it's a solid pickup.
1: I like it. I I honestly thought he was going to go to the Jaguars and be their offensive coordinator and link back up with Dougie Pate. But I think think it's a decent hire. Um, I mean, I don't know what – if the Colts rehire Jeff Saturday, I'm going to laugh my ass off. (laughs)
0: <laughs> It'll be funny for sure. Um, Did
1: you hear Jim Ursay said today? He was like, "I'm, I'm really like considering like just rehiring Jeff Saturday because I really like him." <laughs> I, I think, I think at this
0: point, Jim Ursay is just drinking too much whiskey. Um, yeah, he, he, he just, it, he just doesn't know what he wants to do with his team, and he doesn't know what what to to to, to do. I mean, I I just don't understand what
1: quarterbacks going to die.
0: Right. Uh, it's really sad to see.
1: Um, and then we'll go with the Nathaniel Hackett hiring for the New York Jets as their offensive coordinator.
0: And he was with what? The Broncos? He was the Broncos head coach. Yeah.
1: Um, I'll, let I, me give you the backstory on him now. He, he uh, was the offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers for two MVPs. Right. He was the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars and made Blake Bortles look like a decent quarterback. So that's just his priors as an offensive coordinator not a head coach.
0: I I think as an offensive coordinator it's a smart move. I I don't know. I think I think he's he's proven that he can do the job, right? But I I just think I think you you do it with a grain of salt. Like you're not you're going to give him a short leash. You're not going to make him the guy with With a massive contract that you can't back out of,
1: right? And I tend to agree that this was a pretty good signing for the Jets. I've actually seen a lot of people try to shit on this, but um, could you just imagine if uh, Aaron Rodgers is a Jet next year?
0: Man, I've been. That defense. So my my cousin is a Jets fan, and I said Aaron Rodgers to the Jets in our our team chat or our group chat today, question mark, and he said. Uh, I don't want Aaron Rodgers. And I said, dude, if Aaron Rodgers signed with your team, you'd want him 100%. <laughs> right. I mean,
1: it's too much recency bias here that, that you're going to think for one down year for Aaron Rodgers, this guy just won back-to-back MVPs the year before. Right.
0: And, and he could do it again because he's aligned with the same coach that helped aligned him get there. The
1: same coordinator and a great defense and a very fun young offense.
0: Right. And a really good head coach.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I do like Bob Sala.
0: Yeah, solid. Um,
1: yeah, so I mean that, that about wraps up our uh, NFL talk of the week. You got anything uh, else to talk about there?
0: Um, no, just that I'm really excited to see what happens with the uh, the next the next couple of uh, games here. Oh it's, yeah, uh, me too. Me too. Good, Believe fun. me,
1: I will be ready on Sunday.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, moving on, we can go to the. Uh, we're going to touch on a little bit of NBA. There hasn't been much much of a. Uh, different since the last time we talked about it. But I wanted to touch on the state of the NBA because I've been – we've been hearing about LeBron, complaining about calls, and we've been able – we've seen in the NBA that you're not really allowed to play defense and such anymore. And it's just yeah. – you, you, you flop and you get fast. So, like, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the state of the NBA and and, and not being able to play defense and how the foul calls go.
0: Man, um for me, I'm going to give an example. Really recent. Last night, um, just just on the state of officiating in our game. Um, uh, last night, it, it, I don't know if you watched this game. Did you watch the Warriors Grizzlies?
1: Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, some of it. So, have...
0: so, so I watched the basically the whole thing, and it was a great game. Uh about fourth quarter with like three, four minutes left. Um Steph Curry gets thrown out of the game for the third time in his career. Right. And he gets thrown out for throwing his mouth guard on the floor because he's mad at his own teammate. Now, now I understand. The, the funny thing is, the two times he's got thrown out is because he's thrown his mouth guard. And I understand that that's, you know, in the league, that that's considered not okay and it's bad sportsmanship and i get that but but we're at we're at a point in the league where officiating is so awful that there's not there's not any human decision making it's just this is by the book or i don't like you that's the those are the only two options it's not human judgment it's it's this is the rule, you're out of here. Like, throwing his mouth guard, it, like, I, I feel like there should be an appeals... I, I don't... Let me set the record. I don't like the Warriors. I don't like Steph Curry. I don't like Klay Thompson. I don't like Draymond Green. I've always hated the Warriors. It's, but but, but you can't... with with With, like, a minute left in a tied game against a rival, you can't throw the best player in the league out of the game. For throwing his mouth guard because he's mad at his own teammate. It's one thing if you throw it at a ref. It's one thing if you throw it because a ref made a call. It's one thing if you throw it at a defensive player. Or if you throw it because the defense did something to you. But if you're throwing your mouth guard because your own teammate made you mad. Why would you throw someone out for that? That's just mind boggling to me. I think... There are rules that are made in the NBA because they should be, but there are rules that are made in the NBA that should inquire human interpretation. And I think that is just a lost form in the NBA. And and that's just an example of refing and how it's really destroying our game. I I just, I I don't ever want to get to a place where they're doing all like, um, robot refing or all what i don't think they could get to that place but i don't want to get to a place where it's all just like reviews and up top to new york or whatever the fuck but i i just i think that like it's ridiculous that they are at a point where big games and obviously golden state ends up winning that game but they won that game on a buzzer beater so like it's just frustrating to me that we are at a point where, like, you the biggest stars are either getting thrown out of games or they're getting fouls in key moments that, like, are just stupid fouls. Like, I, I just – I don't understand. Like, if you go to an NBA game, I've had the pleasure of going to a, a few of them. When you watch a game in person, there are so many – fouls that aren't called there's so much contact that's initiated that's just not called and I think refs are getting to the point where they're just like I'm just gonna call everything like I'm just gonna call this I'm just gonna call that like and they don't they like they they show treatment like as much as I hate LeBron 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 calls for fouls all the time and that's annoying but like there are definite fouls that people are not calling just because he's LeBron. Like you should still call fouls, even if he's LeBron, like he is a player in the NBA and he's not getting calls just because he's expected to make the bucket. If you don't call the call.
1: Right. And I'm, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what mo- mainly what she said there. Um, but the defense, like <clears throat> we haven't really lived in a generation like us, Specifically, we didn't really live in a generation where defense can really be played anymore. Right. Certain defense obviously can be, but it's got to be exquisite. It's got to be to a T. It's not You can't hand check. You can't do anything. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah.
1: So, and it's really the pot calling the kettle black because I have probably the two guys that are making the league, or I should say making the refs' jobs the hardest with James Harden and Joel Embiid getting their foul calls all the time. Um, but it's, it's just really, it's upsetting. I really wish, I really, really wish that they, they, they could play some sort of defense. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it just feels like there's so much isolation basketball at this point. There's like no play calling. It's just like, I don't know. I, I kind of wish I lived in the 90s. Well, I, I lived through the 90s at an age where I could comprehend basketball to to be able to witness Good basketball, you know what I mean. And I'm not yeah. trying to discredit the sport at this point because I still love basketball. I watch as many Sixers games as I can, so I, it's not really discrediting the sport in whole. But I, I just wish I could have seen some games where there was some physicality and some defense really being played. Um, it's a shame, and in, in, in my, in my opinion, um, uh, and like I said, the two guys on my team are the biggest foul getters in the league. So. Right. And I'd, and I'd still rather see defense be able to be played a little bit more. It's stopping Bead's clumsy ass from falling every single goddamn play. <laughs> and gosh, can I just tell you off the topic, when and Bead falls to the ground grabbing at something, I'm like, like I'm going to have a heart attack. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, here we go again. You, He's on right the ground. Right. What the fuck's happening now? Right. Um, But yeah, that's my opinion. I just wish I really could have seen defense played. You know what I mean? Like the the, oh, the, the Gary Paytons 100%. of the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. The Scotty Pippins, the you know what I mean? even MJ was a lockdown defender back in the day.
0: Yep, 100%. That's
1: just my opinion. Um, and before we before we get off the NBA topic, we got to talk about uh, when uh, good old uh, Shannon Sharp went a uh, little bonkers, started yelling at the yelling at the Memphis Grizzlies because they were uh, talking smack to LeBron. Right. So I just wanted to get your uh input on that.
0: I mean, if you are a courtside guest of a team, um, you kinda you kinda don't have a window to be chirping at the players. You're not part of the organization, you're not an owner, you're not a coach, you're not anything. You're just a spectator at that point. And I don't I don't think it's cool when anyone does that, let alone someone who knows better. Shannon Sharp knows better. I I, I just I don't know. I, I I think it was funny. I think it was really funny because Shannon Sharp got all the memes made about him. But I just I don't think it's cool. I don't think he should do that. Yeah, no, I,
1: I tend to agree with you, and I, I do like Shannon Sharp to an extent. Um,
0: you're there at the end of the day. You're there to watch a game. You're there right. to watch a game and be a spectator. You're not there to stand up and be like, "Oh, I know these guys. I'm gonna, I, I'm your buddy. I'm gonna argue." No, stop that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the, I think uh, I, I'm I'm okay with like the smack talk and like the jiving to an extent, like from a fan's perspective. But for him to stand up. And be like, I'm gonna beat all your asses right now! Come on, come get it! It was way over the line, and like I said, I tend to like Shan Tarp and most, uh, most, uh, uh, like just most of the time. And I, I totally thought that was uncalled for, and for him to, like, just like get up out of his seat and like to literally be saying, "Come and fight me! You don't want this!" Smoke. Like, what are you talking about, man? Um, he's better than that. Um, He apologized, even though I think the network made him apologize. Um, We won't even get into that. But we're still in the Lakers. We can talk about the Lakers. He was defending LeBron. Uh, They recently acquired Rui Hachimura. So I wanted to get your thoughts on, do you think maybe that they are, are they a contender now or or what?
0: I I wouldn't go so far as to say they're a contender. But, I mean, if you have LeBron on any team, you're a contender, in my opinion, because LeBron is that guy. Um, I, 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 really, I really like this move by the Lakers. It's the first move I've seen by the Lakers that said, hey, we want to actually invest in our franchise. We actually want to go for gold and not for the Wemenyama sweepstakes. Um, I, I, really un- I really like this move. I think it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect for their organization. He played the other night and I watched the highlights and he was great. Um, I've always liked Rui Hachimura. I think he's a great player. Um, I think he was underused on the Wizards. I think it's a great move for the Lakers. Um, I don't think it makes them more of a of a contender, but I don't think it makes them any less. I think if they can figure out how to make it work um, – they could be just fine. And I, I I don't understand why people are struggling figuring out how to make the Lakers work. Um, to me, to me, if you want to make the Lakers work right now, uh, you put you put. Um, You put Westbrook at the point guard. You put LeBron at the center and find shooters all around. Because LeBron can play the center. I think he can. He's not going to, like, go crazy against, you know, Embiid. But, like, I think he can do it. I I think people, their their problem is getting Westbrook. I love Westbrook. I really do. And that's surprising because he's not been great the last couple years. But I really like Westbrook. I just think he needs to find the team that works for him. And I don't think the Lakers are it. I think until they figure out what their lineup's going to be and they stop changing it, they're not going to win anything. But when they, when they figure that out, they'll be all right. But Rui Hachimura is a great pickup. I think he's a perfect replacement for Anthony Davis until Davis can get healthy, if he can ever get healthy. Uh, and I think, I think it does boost them, boost them into a playoff contention. I don't think it boosts them into uh, contender contention, but it boosts them into playoff contention for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think – this. I mean, I, I'll first off start with the Lakers. I'm surprised that the Wizards just kind of just gave them up for two second-round picks and Kendrick Nunn. Right. I mean, really, Hachimor has only been in the league for two years. I feel like he has upside. Um, I didn't like the trade for the Wizards. I love the trade for the Lakers. Now, does it make him a contender? No. Maybe they can fight for a, a playoff – uh, birth, but I don't know. Until Anthony Davis can stay healthy and prove that he can stay healthy, I don't have them in a uh, contender mode. Um, uh, do you have anything else to say about the NBA before we move on here? No. Okay, so I I, I posed this question to no today. We're going to try something new here. For the audience out there and people who listen to us, um, we're going to do a draft. So we're going to go back and forth. Uh, and we're going to name our the best MLB movie. Since we haven't been able to talk about baseball, we're going to bring some baseball talk into it. Uh, so the best baseball movies, in your opinion. And then once we're done, you guys can comment. Uh, maybe we'll put a poll up somewhere where you guys can vote and see who's, uh, whose list is better, in your opinion. And uh, I thought that would be a fun thing to do.
0: I'm excited.
1: So um, what we're going to do is I'm just going to lay down the ground rules. If you say you pick, uh, I pick Major League. You can't pick Major League 2. You know what I mean, right? We're gonna keep all of them as like the same, like same thing with the Bad News Bears. You pick that, you're gonna get both of them. You know what I mean? So, uh, as, uh, I don't even know what I'm gonna say, but you can go. You can get the first pick. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So my first pick, uh, are we doing um, from wh- – how many are we doing? Uh, we're going to so- do five
1: apiece and we're going to go back
0: and forth. So are we starting with the five or are we starting with the one? Start with just one. Go one then I'll go one and you go one. No, I know. But are we saying we're starting this is the greatest movie of all time or are we going five is five and then go up to one? Oh no, no.
1: no. This is just the draft of your favorite movies. You can do it however you want in any order. The order okay. okay. that matters. And nothing.
0: it's and it's to do with baseball, correct? Yeah,
1: baseball movies. I'm All right. Gonna, uh,
0: so so my baseball. my number one draft is The Rookie with Dennis Quaid. It's a Disney movie. It's a feel-good movie. Dennis Quaid is immaculate. It is about a man who is past his prime who Starts a family because he doesn't think he has a shot in the MLB. And then his family makes him, audi- uh, well, his team makes him try out for an uh, MLB team because they won the States. Um, so it's it's just such a great film. It's got Brian Cox. It's just, it's, it's such a wonderful film. If you haven't seen The Rookie, I 100% suggest it it's just it's filled with feel good moments it's it's a baseball classic uh oh man i it's directed by john lee hancock oh man it's just, it's so good the, the 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 rookie is is my number one draft pick
1: yeah, i like that movie i like that movie a lot um my number one pick is going to be my favorite uh, maybe maybe not everybody's favorite but my personal favorite of all time and it's got to be Field of Dreams. Ooh, I actually yeah. just rewatched it the other day. I absolutely love this movie. Kevin Costner is a great actor in about everything he does, but he's a, he's a great actor in this. And there's so many names you could go off of. Uh, James Earl Jones is in it. He plays Tanner's man. You got Ray Liotta playing Shuler's Joe Jackson. You got, I mean, you got Timothy Busfield. There's just so many you can just can keep going on. Um, but it also has like my favorite, like. One of my favorite quotes, and it's very simple, and it's, are we in heaven? (laughs) No, we're in Iowa. (laughs) Very simple, but it was just a childhood childhood movie for me. Me and my dad watched it all the time growing up, so uh, that is my number one pick for
0: sure. That's fair. Um, I would just comment on uh, on Field the Dreams, Mike. My 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 mind is skewed on Field of Dreams because I dated an ex who um, introduced me to Field of Dreams. So every time I've watched that movie since, I've just thought about her, and it's just not been a pleasant So thought. then we,
1: we, have, we have exact opposites. I have feel-good memories with my dad, and you have reminds you of your ex. Right. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> so that's perfect, but that's a great movie, and I understand why. Um, my number two pick is going to be The Natural. Uh, it is 1984, uh, Robert Redford and Robert Duvall directed by Barry Levinson. It is a wonderful movie. And it's funny because it's kind of along the same lines of my first, um, film that I picked a middle aged unknown becomes a legendary baseball player with supernatural talent. Um, it's kind of the same plot, but it's completely different, um, it is, the music is done by Randy Newman. Um, it it was nominated for four Oscars. It makes you feel all the feels of baseball ever. You're watching it and you're rooting. I, and I don't, I, I I find this with all sports films. You're rooting for the players, even though you know it's a movie and the outcome is already rigged. <laughs> yeah, it's, <a laughs> <WWE>. it's <laughs> such an amazing feeling. Um, this movie has an all-star cast. Um, it's got you know Mads Mikkelsen, Robert Duvall, Niro, Glenn Close, uh, Wilfred Brimley, Robert Prosky. It's just so good, and I I highly suggest it. So The Natural is my next pick for the draft.
1: And my my second pick is is probably the one of the most iconic like baseball. Movie like it has the most iconic character, and and that's Major League, and I'm talking about this one. Wow.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Um. So obviously the first one is the best, and I mean I think that in a lot of people' opinions the first one is the best. Um. But I mean this is an all star cast as well. You got Tom Berenger, you got Charlie Sheen, uh, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. You have a bunch of you have a bunch of great actors. The there.
0: Allstate guy.
1: Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, but I mean just the camaraderie in this and like, just even me uh, this, this is what this movie came out before my time. Actually the same year as field of dreams, kind of funny enough. Um Wild thing. Like, like when I think of that, I think of Ricky Vaughn and I just think it's iconic. Cause like he's, it's the wild thing. He comes out and he throws the ball everywhere. And the, 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 it's another really funny quote. And it's very, very simple from the announcer, Bob Uker. I think his name is uh just a bit outside. So yeah that, that that's my uh that's my second pick is Major League.
0: That's fair. Um my third pick is going to be a childhood um absolute love of my life. Uh this movie was so special to me as a kid because I loved baseball and I loved just this movie. Uh it's called Angels in the Outfield from oh, 1994. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um it's got Danny Glover, it's got Tony Danza, it's got Christopher Lloyd, it's got Joseph Gordon-Levitt, it's got Adrian Brody, it's got Matthew McConaughey, it's got Doug uh, Der- uh, Dermot Moroney, like, it's it's so star-studded. It is one of the greatest movies you'll ever watch as a kid, and even as a parent, you can understand the greatness of this movie. Basically, the California Angels are garbage their booty cheeks, their their ass, and they they have a kid who watches their games, who is kind of an orphan, um, and he prays to God, Hey God, can you please not let the angels be garbage? And God sends Christopher Lloyd as an angel to save the angels, and it's just wonderful. It's it's angels in the outfield. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's it's not a realistic movie. Uh, even if you're religious, you're kind of like, ah, God would never send angels to help a baseball team win. But at the same time, it's magical. It's sports. It's what we love. Angels in the outfield is my third pick.
1: I like that pick. That would have been on my list as well. It wouldn't have been my next pick, but it would have been on there. So you stole one of mine right there. Um. But no, I totally agree. Angels in the Outfield, that, that is something that – it's just one—it's a childhood movie. You're going to love it. That's kind of how I felt about Outfield of Dreams. But I think it's a great movie. Um, For my number three, which I actually thought this would be gone by now. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go with another Kevin Costner movie. Okay. you guess? Bull Durham. Oh, sure. With Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Um, I mean, I actually just seen this movie for the first time. I'm not even going to lie. Like probably like two years ago. Uh, this is this is done in eighty eight. I got a theme here with eighty eight and eighty nine. Um, but Kevin Costner is just—I don't think he can do a bad movie, in my opinion. I'm a big Kevin Costner fan. Um, but this is a this is like a rom- romantic uh, comedy, I would say, uh, where Susan Sarandon and him eventually fall in love, and Bull Durham never could really get the chance, and he eventually gets the chance. But I I absolutely loved the movie. I, I really had a lot of doubts about it. And I was like, oh, romance? Ugh, I don't want to watch this. And then I watched it, and I couldn't stop watching it. I would watch it again. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. So Bull Durham is my number three.
0: My number four, and I'm surprised it's made it this high up the list, uh, is going to be the classic from 1993,
1: The Sandlot. Yeah, you got mine.
0: Man. mm <laughs> This movie defines what it means to love the game of baseball. It is a treasure. It is a love letter to the sport. Um and and it shows you what it is to be a kid, too. It it touches all the awesome spots of life and sports and growing up and wanting to be a major leaguer and wanting to play the game that everyone loves so much. I mean, you've got Art LaFleur, you've got Dennis Leary, you've got James Earl Jones. It's just such a good movie, and it inspired Two other movies, although not as good as the, the the original, still still pretty charming and still pretty fun. But the original The Sandlot is just so yeah. quintessential baseball. You watch it and you're rooting again. Uh the, the mark for me for a good sports film is rooting for the protagonist, rooting for the team. That isn't real, and you don't have a physical connection to. That's my pick for four.
1: Yeah, no, I love the Sandlot. I'm, ha- I'm happy it got picked because I that would have been that would have been on my list, and it probably would have been next or if it was still there after. But great pick, the Sandlot. It, it's it's a uh, watch it with your family, watch with your friends. It's uh, it's awesome. Um, then my next one's is a little bit more uh, is a little bit more. Uh, on the dirtier side of, uh, uh, movies, but it's the bad news bears. Um, Sure. Love it. I mean, it is absolutely fantastic. You could either talk, you could talk about the newer one with Billy Bob Thornton, or you could talk about the older one with Walter, Walter Moreau. Um, it it is just a great movie up and down. Um, it's, it's about the worst baseball team or, uh, Little league team you could ever think of that turns into you know, the feel good story, and it's just awesome. I absolutely love this movie. Um, wouldn't take my uh young child to see it, but um, you know, it's awesome. Bad News Bears is great, and that's my number four pick here.
0: Um, for my number five and final pick, um, I'm gonna go from 1992 A League of Their Own. Um, Tom Hanks. Rosie O'Donnell, um, man, David Stratham, Bill Pullman, John Lovitz, oh, man, Ge- uh, Gina Davis. This movie um, about when um, the, uh, the, the, the league was basically on strike, so all these women said, you know what, I'll play baseball, and I can do it better than the men, and they stepped up, and they put together a season that was unheard of. And it was great. And the movie is great. Tom Hanks is great. The women in the film are fantastic. Um, it's it's one of my favorite feel-good movies. It's a great comedy. It's, it's not, you know... Something super, super serious. But, you know, it, it is it is down to earth. It is what baseball and sports and humanity is about. And I love that movie. And it even inspired a, uh, a remake. Uh, they made a TV series, A League of Their Own. that's on Amazon. And it's not my favorite because I like the original, but it's not bad. And I uh, I, I give it shouts.
1: Yeah, no, that's another great movie. And if you want to, actually, I actually was going to include it at honorable mentions after yeah. this because there's so many. You can't just name five, right?
0: No, you can't.
1: My fifth is, again, going to be in the same direction of the same actor. Can you guess who it is?
0: Kevin Costner.
1: <laughs> For the love of the game. Yes, Kevin Costner. Yes. It also has John C. Riley, Brian Cox, J.K. Simmons, and the one and only Vince Scully. Um, I think, I think I've, I think I've basically said it every, uh, three of my movies were Kevin Costner movies. So, uh, do for the love of the game, do you uh, think it, he
0: likes Kevin Costner folks?
1: <laughs> yeah. Field of dreams did something to me. New now I love Kevin Costner. Um, but no, he, I feel like he's just like the quintessential, like the goat baseball, like movie guy in my, like, yeah. obviously my, no, for sure. my opinion, for sure. Um, but for the love of the game, another, uh, uh, it's like a drama romance with a little bit of comedy in there but uh it's a, it's a it's a great one uh pg thirteen so you, maybe you don't take the kids to see these until they're of age but you know yeah so that yeah. would be my that would be my fifth and final choice
0: oh, those and, are uh, great if
1: you have some honorable mentions I have a few I'd like to name if you don't
0: Yeah, for my honorable mentions, I've got two. I've got the movie 42, which is uh, starring Chadwick Boseman and Harrison Ford. It's about Jackie Robinson. Uh, It is uh, brilliantly done and wonderfully told about the life and the hard times of Jackie Robinson. Um, And the second one I've got is called Moneyball. Uh, Moneyball is a brilliant look with Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill about uh, the early 2000s Oakland A's who made a run at a championship. Uh, It's a true story, and it is a really interesting look uh, at the people who changed the way baseball is done. Uh, No one was looking at analytics until these guys did, and now the game is purely about analytics. So for me, it's a love-hate relationship because I'm not an analytics guy, but at the same time, that's the way the the, the the world went and and for that reason it's a really cool historical piece on the game i love so much
1: yeah Moneyball was one of mine i i brad pitt i'm not the biggest brad pitt fan but he does an absolute fantastic job um uh so i i'm happy you you named that because that would have been one of mine um, for sure. i got two as well one of them i'm surprised i'm i'm surprised i didn't name it myself but eight men out
0: it's, oh, uh, it's yeah. another Charlie
1: Sheen movie. It's I about, forgot all
0: about that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's about the the nineteen the 1900s uh, Black Sox. Um, and, I mean, it, it is just a fantastic movie. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it. And it, it's another historical, not a, like totally historical, but it'll tell you about how everything went down with their uh, gambling and them being kicked out of the league and all that good stuff. So if you want right. a historical movie, eight men out, voila. And then you know I gotta end it on the funny one. I, I couldn't put it in my uh, in my list because like it doesn't it doesn't stand the, the water of some of the movies I've said. But bench warmers, bench warmers,
0: yes. yes. I have to I
1: have to. We have we can't not talk about baseball movies and not talk about the funniest one in my opinion. Um, come on, when when you got the the big Hispanic guy, he's like I'm twelve and he has like twenty dollars. Oh my gosh.
0: I, I've got another I've got another honorable mention that it's very obscure, so not a lot of people would know. Um, it's a Disney Channel original. It's called Eddie's Million Dollar Cook Off.
1: Okay, yeah, I heard that one.
0: Yeah, it's about this kid who's a like a really good baseball player. He's probably the MVP for his high school, but he loves to cook. And he has to decide whether he wants to play the national championship game or play Iron Chef with Bobby Flay. (laughs) And so it's so the Disney Channel original. It's so you got to like those subjects to be. In and about it, but it, it's one of my feel-good movies as a childhood, as, as from childhood, especially wanting to cook myself and loving baseball. It was just the perfect amalgamation of the two things I loved in a weird movie that no one will ever hear of. So shout out to, shout out to Eddie's Million Dollar Dollar Cook-Off.
1: Yeah, and I mean I'm I'm just gonna throw this one out here too before we get off this, the Pride of the Yankees, 1942.
0: Oh, good it's one. Particularly
1: about Lou Gehrig and Lou Gehrig's disease. It's a strictly historical piece. And if you don't like old, old black and white movies, you're not going to like it. But it, it's factual. It has uh, Gehrig's speech when he found out he was going to die, basically. So that's another great baseball movie. And I'm happy we got to do this. And I'm happy you agreed to this because I miss baseball. Yeah, me too. And we're actually 60 uh, something days away from spring training. But
0: I'm down. That's, down that's I got
1: my calendar.
0: Me too. Also, Pride of of the Yankees is included on Amazon Prime right now. So if you have Prime, you can watch it.
1: Yep. Very great movie. Uh, But let's get to everybody's new favorite segment, and it's Jay's Picks. (laughs) I would like to say if you guys took my advice last week, you guys probably made some money. We went four and two. I'd say that's pretty dang good for our first ever Jay's Picks. Um, you know, it's not every week's going to be great, but four and two is pretty damn good. Um, (laughs) this week, like I've said in prior weeks, I do, I will not predict the outcome or anything in that case, like a winner in my team's game. So we will, we will stick to not doing that, but we're going to take the under on that game at 46 and a half. I think both defenses are going to play great and it's going to, be a mirror image of the Niners and uh, Cowboys from last week. Yep. And we are sticking with the Bengals. We are taking the Bengals money line. Uh, that is plus 102 right now. So we will take the Bengals money line, and we're going to take the over in that game at forty-seven and a half. Um, I think that game has shootout written all over it. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Well, of course, there's no defenses.
1: Right. So I'm taking that. So that's three so far. And I didn't want to leave you guys out with only three this week. So I'll give you a little bit of the exclusive stuff I'm going to be throwing around. I got any time score, uh, touchdown score, Jamar chase, Travis yeah. Kelsey and T Higgins. So if you want to, you could throw that in the same game parlay with the over or the winner, make some money for yourselves. Cause I'm, I think we're going to do good again. Um, but yeah, that's Jay's picks. Um, and to everybody's favorite sub uh, favorite uh, segment, let's get the garbage and gold.
0: Yes, sir. Let's do it.
1: So, no. What is your garbage and gold of this week,
0: man? It's it's been a good week for sports. Uh, my gold this week is a really funny segment from Nikola Jokic. Uh, he was being interviewed in a post game. And they were asking him if it's hard to win away. And he's like, Yeah, it's hard. He's like, These players are playing well, whatever. And he's like, Kind of looking off into the distance. And in the stands, he sees a couple kissing. And he goes, Ah, they're kissing. Look at that. Look at that. Good for them. They're living life. And you're (laughs) just like, You're just like, dude. And the funniest part for me was Bleacher Report posted it, and their caption was, He has. Court vision on and off the court, and it was just so funny to me. It's a gold moment for me because Nikola Jokic is one of those dudes, and I think Ben, I, I think, um, I, I think, and uh, Bead has this same vibe, and I noticed this a lot from a lot of Euro players. They don't care about the questions they're being asked. They're just happy to be there and they're just happy to be a lot of the african players a lot of the euro players anyone who's not from the states or didn't think they had a chance in the states is just happy to be there and Jokic just points out this couple kissing way high up in the stands and it's just funny to me because he doesn't care what the question was. He just, he just wants to live life and is just happy that other people are living life, too. And that's my gold. My garbage, as always, is the New York Giants. Because they not only crapped themselves, they shit themselves. They weren't around. They didn't play any kind of defense. They didn't play any kind of offense. And they embarrassed themselves against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, was it expected? Yes, But should I expect better? Yes. And so that is my garbage and gold for the week, Mr. J. All
1: right. Well, I think we're going to have opposites because my gold is Philly sports. (laughs) (laughs) The Sixers closed out a 5-0 road trip on the West Coast. All on the West Coast, 5-0. Beat a viable Kings team with no hardener and bead. Um. And then we just uh, we just beat the the Nets. I mean, obviously without KD, uh, but still six game win streak, feeling really good. I think we're three and a half or two and a half out of first. Better watch your ass, Boston. Uh, and my garbage, you didn't think I was gonna get it in, bitch ass Ben Simmons. <laughs> he is
0: garbage.
1: He will always be garbage, and that is just about it. I don't need to give any explanation to why Ben Simmons is garbage, but. He couldn't even play in the fourth quarter because they were scared we were going to foul him. Oh, how the tables have turned. So, that is my garbage. And that is another episode of Talking Titles. I'm
0: Jason. And I'm Noah.
1: Everybody stay safe.
0: Yeah, the only thing that I would mention uh, is that now on Anchor, we have a subscriber feature. Uh, So, for Talking Titles, uh, you can now subscribe to the pod and help us get uh, bigger and better um, as we upgrade our equipment and we upgrade the ability to um, edit our broadcasts so they're a little smoother for the listener and smoother for us as we record. Um, So that is new to the pod, and it is available. So if you go to Anchor um, and you search Talking Titles, uh, there is an option to subscribe. So that's cool uh, that we have that uh, available now.
1: And in the coming weeks, as you guys are making the – I'm giving you guys free money right now. But in the coming weeks, you hit that subscribe button, you're going to make more money than that $5. You're going to be making hundreds of dollars. So
0: Yeah, because he's going to do some exclusive picks for you guys that subscribe.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, look into that. But into as always, that. everybody have a great week. <laughs> stay blessed and stay classy.
0: Stay classy, folks. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. All that good stuff.
1: Yes, sir.